had what I would call a California torrential storm last night. We had at least three to ten drops of rain. Yeah, it came out my I was like, oh, is this dew? And I'm like, oh, it's actually droplets. Droplets? Droplets of water. What? Hey, I were you were you here in California? It was a few years ago where they it like rained 30 days straight. Yeah, dude, I was here. And uh, that was awesome. No, no, it was pretty great. Like, I loved it, was, it. It just rained and rained and rained. It was and it was it was literally like uh it was like a movie where there's always like a pent-up love story where the, at the end they just had this just a fantastic kiss. We're coming out of this crazy drought that we've had forever. And then it just rained like mad all the time. Mad. Yeah. Have fun. you ever been to Lake Shasta in Northern California? I've not. No. So we drove by it one year. It was a late summer and it was just we were we were headed uh all the way up to Washington. We went to uh Olympus National Park in, in Washington. Yeah. Up there in Seattle. Okay. And so that was like our, we like road trips. So we're like, hey, we're headed up there. On the way up, we passed Mount Shasta or uh, Mount Shasta, uh, Shasta lake. Reservoir. It's reservoir. a lake. Okay. Okay. And it was so low. I mean, like it was crazy. And then I was like, oh, this is really curious. I was looking at it and they're like, that thing actually gets so low that the steeples from some of the towns that they flooded to make this thing can sometimes poke through the top. Like church steeples? Yeah. Wow. And I'm like, oh, this is weird. This was part of that drought time. But then I found out that the way the Mulholland watershed works for and how he set it up, uh-huh. uh, if, for those of you who don't know, Southern California doesn't have a lot of water. So this guy Mulholland goes Northern California and creates these water contracts that allow a lot, bunch of that water to come down. And some of the people in the Central Valley think that we just stole it, <laughs> which is kind of funny. I mean, it's all of our state, but sure. Yeah. So anyway, what that what the por- the purpose is is that the northern part of the state gets a lot a lot of water. Yeah. And so what happens is they actually start uh, they fill that thing up in the be- uh, you know during the the winter melts and all the rain it, that thing fills all the way, and then during this during the rest of the year it drains out. Okay. So it just that's how it works. Yeah. So uh, it's a big giant reservoir and it just fills up. And when that one fills up, that's why when it rained for 30 days that one time, they had so much water that year. If you remember Owensville and all these other places, they were worried, like, where is this water going to go? Because all of our reservoirs are full. Yeah. So it's like a giant water tank. I love it. Yeah. By the end of the year. But it is kind of scary when you see it. It does look terrible at the end of the (laughs) summer, every summer. Well, right now, so there's a, okay, so it's Earth Day. Or it was. Oh, I, I don't know. Why did you say that? I don't know what the Earth thing is. But I was thinking that, like, well, I don't believe in any of the Earth Day uh, socialist nonsense. Nonsense. But I do believe in the Earth, right? So yeah. I was going to say, like, it does exist. A couple of I walk things. On it. I, yeah, I've, I've seen it. Um, it's flat, but I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Randy does not believe the Earth is flat. That's a joke. <laughs> That's a joke. Um, no, but I, I was going to say, we should say a couple of the coolest things we've seen on Earth. And the t- and a couple of them are in southern Utah for me, which is uh, Lake Powell. That's great. It's and fun. um and the Capitol Reef in southern Utah. Have you ever seen Capitol Reef? I oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, is outside of Cedar City, right? No, I mean it's just part of the southern Utah list of things to do. I don't know where it is. Yeah, honestly. A- <laughs> um, but it's it's in Utah. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. Super awesome. Super like, colorful. Like, there's this three or four just huge huge domes of rock. Like don't like. So big and so round that you're like, what? Like, what is it? Look, they look fake. It's amazing. Yeah. Um. So, that's why they call it Capitol Reef because the Capitol Rotunda. So there's like these rotundas of rock. Oh, okay. I think I'm thinking of something different because oh, okay. the one outside of Cedar City is called I don't remember. 
I'll have to look it up. All right. All that to say, those are a couple of things I like about the Earth. And uh, Lake Powell is super duper dry right now because all the things that feed into Lake Powell have been, I mean, there's been a nonsense, like a bonkers drought in, in central Utah. And that's what that's where a lot of the water comes from, from Lake Powell. So they just actually agreed to, for a lake north of, uh, Flaming Gorge is going to release some water so that so that so they're, they can they're have gonna, like, share water with Lake Powell. <laughs> so did you know, by the way, the oldest contracts in the United States, and they predate like literally everything it, uh, and before the United States are water contracts and that there's a, there's a, there's a, Makes not sense. only is there a study of law of water contracts, but there's like a whole, like you can do your whole career with just water contracts. All right. All right. I have a fun story about this. <laughs> I think that's cool. It's super cool. Um, but, uh, but the fun story is I actually knew somebody who actually did that. He was always negotiating water rights for an Indian tribe. That was his primary lobbying job. Uh, but, Crazy, uh, interesting story. I think it's interesting. Probably not so interesting. Outside of Barstow, you know where there's that, that defunct water park outside of Barstow? Oh, yeah. Okay. So there's a barley farmer guy who, who, who had a ton of water rights for north of Barstow. Yeah. And got bored with his life. Oh, is that how that worked? And built a water park and three, three or four little, uh, little miniature lakes, lakes with, yeah. with housing around them. Right. With his water. That's what he did instead of making barley. So the water park is defunct because guess what? No one lives 20 minutes north of Barstow. And so you kind of like the idea that we're all going somewhere on 15 and we're like, pull over. We got to go to the water park first. Yeah, like, died. Like, was not a great idea. I think that it did was sex was it was successful for a little while from was what it? I understand. Yeah. Like oh, it, it kind know. of did something. It had then, a heyday. It had a heyday. By the it way, was the Salton Sea of North Barstow. <laughs> Salton Sea. <laughs> Do you know much about that one? No, but we'll get there in a second. <laughs> But okay, this I want to get to the good part. So those little uh, those little lake areas with with houses with they put like manufactured homes around water ski lakes basically. Yeah. And I I have a buddy who has one of the houses, and he had a bunch of our the Davises over, and we stayed in his like in this house. Wait, and, is, okay. So if you're going up 15, is it on the east side? Um, if I'm going north toward Utah, yeah, it's, the east it's side. on the east side yeah. or the right side. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so I went to one of those. Chris for, Cannon, for a few days. he has a client out there that owns a ton of property. All right, and they're building like people live there. Yeah, dude. No, I was no, like no, surprised. I mean, the the one we went to it felt like it was mostly vacation homes, but I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. Anyway, it was it was a modest place because it was a manufactured home. Right. But you know, you walk out the back and there's a lake and there's a there's a dock and he's got a boat on it and you walk out the front and he has he had a, a all because of water right. He has a guy. All because somebody with water rights, someone had water rights in a dream. <laughs> <laughs> if you build it. Kind of wild. They will so come. when you go through that area in North Barstow, you kind of look over, you're like, is that a cluster of houses in the distance? The answer is yes. I've not, I've heard that there's a cluster out there, but I actually can't see it. I kind of see tops of trees a no, little I'm bit. No, I'm telling you, like, all you, it, it, like until no, I, I went there, and even since I've gone there, like I have to squint and go, no, it's right there. Like, that's it, right there. Like it's, <laughs> it's kinda, not a mirage. It, it kind of hides. Well, because the water's around it, those little trees grow around it, so that just looks like a bunch of shrubs, and it's like a half a mile away from the road, you know. Anyway. So speaking of Earth Day, environmentalism, nonsense, and the Salton Sea. The Salton Sea. So uh, my chiropractor, the Meth Sea. I was just at ha, over there. I I had some problems, so I went to the chiropractor, and the guy's like, "Yeah, I'm going on a I'm going on a little camping trip." I'm like, "Oh, where are you going? I'm going to Joshua Tree." And then we're gone. I think I found this really cool, um, maybe a gem 
where I found a, a camping spot at the Salton Sea. So we're going to go there. And I'm like, oh, and I didn't want to like. I think I actually know the gem he's talking about. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't want to burst this bubble, but I know the Salton Sea is disgusting and terrible. I'm like, there's nothing about it that's great. And so I'm like, oh, that's great. Tell me if it is a spot, right? So I followed up with him and I'm like, how was it? And he goes, we drove there, we saw it, and we left. <laughs> so the Salton Sea yeah. is a low depression. It's not a naturally filled lake. It's yeah, there's not, not a really there's a not, lake. There's not a river going in and going out. No. It's literally just water tables seep into the salt puddle. It's not. It's even more strange. So what happened was <laughs> a bunch of farmers were uh, had water rights off the Colorado River. And okay. when they pulled in their water, right, what they happened was is they kind of graded wrong and they had a flood one year and the runoff from the fields went into this depression and filled up this place called the Salton Sea. And you would think, oh, that's interesting. Well, there's no natural fill up unless there was some kind of what? So there was a fill up over a couple of years of these different floods. And then some Hollywood guy had a dream. And he, and built, he built like a... He built like a resort out a resort there. Resort <laughs> it was like around for like <laughs> a year or something. Wouldn't that be crazy. amazing? We need a better class of Hollywood idiots. We really do. Because back then, like, that's a Hollywood idiot with, with, with a heart of gold, right? Right. What do we got? We got yeah, we got point. guys like, like, look at this tattoo. Like, I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. Or there. For like, the cost of that tattoo, you could have had a resort. In the Salton Sea. A defunct resort in the Salton Sea. Exactly. So <laughs> so those of you who don't know about the Salton Sea now, there's no resort there. This was like in the 50s. The, the, the sea is continually, by the way, it's a large, shallow area. Yeah. Right. So there was a lot of water there and it's just receded over the years. Well, it's called it's created a giant dust problem. I'm using air quotes <laughs> that the inland empire of Southern California really has a problem with. And so they've done dust studies of the Salton Sea and what how much million dollars that it creates in damage, blah, blah, blah. And they also talk about people having asthma and health problems and all this stuff. So then they conclude, hey, we need to fill up the Salton Sea again. Mm. So that's the conclusion. Nice. So you would think, well, we'll get it from the Colorado River because, of course, that's where it came from in the beginning. Yeah. Well, the problem is they don't have water rights to there. So they come up with a different idea. Oh, don't tell me. Mm. Oh, dude, this is a great one. Are we? Um, okay. It's a billion dollar, an over billion dollar infrastructure project <laughs> to pump water <laughs> from the sea of Cortez. Cort Isn't that the Baja California? True. What? Yes, it's actually not that far, but it, yeah, is dude. it seawater? Yeah. Salt and sea, it's salty. Well, I mean, I think they're bringing the wildlife too. Like if, if we're going all the way to the sea of Cortez, dude, they're bringing I want I want I want there to be shrimp. Dude, like all because <laughs> they've come up with some weird idea of Okay, so yeah. by the way, if you have this health is, problems, by the way, this is where I draw the line. Okay, I wasn't going to do an environmental ramp, but you're teeing me up. Is there more to that story before I, no, before I run roughshod? that's pretty much it. Okay, that's I'm going to run roughshod over the story now and tell you my, my spiel. So it's like, hey, human beings are making a, making a bad impact on the environment. I'm like, I mean, look, I'm, we've seen it. You know, I, I, there's, there's some environmental things that are bad that we've done, and, you know, hopefully we're correcting them, but, but maybe we're not. And, uh, and they're like, so, I, you know, we need to reduce. I'm like, reduce makes a little sense to me. I don't, I mean, I'm not a fan. Reduce, reuse, re recycle? Right. right. I'm, I'm, reduce, reuse, recycle makes a little sense to me. I'm, I'm not a yeah, fan, but I, I get I'm it. Yeah. I get how you get there. And then they're like, also, we're really worried about global warming. Yeah, okay, I get it. I get it. 
Um, and they're like, they don't call it that anymore, Randy. No, it's climate change. And we're worried about climate change. Cool. And it's going to get too hot. All right. And to reduce the heat, I suggest, this is some scientists, I suggest that we release super fine particulates into the upper atmosphere to oh. create to create shade from the sun. <laughs> and that's all like... No, that's a real thing, full too. Full time out. This is like, the, oh, it's a real thing. This is my, my point. It's like full time out. <laughs> what we started was we need to stop fiddling with the natural ecology and where we ended with was we need to create a freaking umbrella for the whole earth using my particulates in the upper atmosphere i'm like hard pass hey like, by the way that's happened before have you heard of the dust bowl buddy hard pass yeah hard so pass. I, i'm saying that that's related to what you're saying which is like oh we have a problem with the salt and sea you know what we should do is let's re-engineer the whole earth to fix it yeah okay so there's other funny ones too also i also I, I have a deep distrust of these longitudinal studies where it's like, dust is maybe causing problems. I have a, real, I have a huge problem with that. So I'm like, first of all, move. Okay? Second of all, uh, yeah, second if of dust all, is a health problem know, to you, I feel like don't dust live there. was probably there before. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay, so there's another crazy one I heard about. So remember when there was like a, a big flurry of hurricanes? I mean, it, it sounds like a Bond villain. Like a Bond villain would release yeah. particulates in the upper atmosphere to shade us from the sun. Like it literally sounds like, ha ha ha, yeah. Mr. Bond. And I am going to look, I am going to own <laughs> like, all of the solar. I see this, this Harvard professor. Does he have like a cat when he was, when he was typing it up? Like, <laughs> you know what we shall do? <laughs> <laughs> What's that one movie where he puts his pinky oh, yeah, in his yeah, thing? Exactly. I have a whole bucket of cat. Anyway, so. <laughs> no, so this one is even crazy. This one is just as crazy. Okay, so we have. We have dust in the atmosphere to create shade. Sure. All okay. right. Whatever. Right. Yeah. Maybe I won't have to use as much sunscreen. Yeah. By the way, what about all the people that are employed by making sunscreen? This yeah. is terrible. Don't have any. You don't have any. You don't care about them, right? And, how, and then the pipe. Uh, let's uh, pipe in for water from the Sea of uh, the into Sea the, of Cortez. Yes, into the Salton Sea. You know, sounds like a good idea. It will reduce health problems in the Inland Empire. Yeah. And dust problems, you know. The conquistador. Yeah. By the way, do you know what part of that dust study? You know, studied how much maintenance you have to put into your car because of the dust and it's a lot it's a lot it, uh, it's, it's an economic drain <laughs> unless you consider people getting employed by making dust filters dust filters there you go i mean look you, you you're you're single-handedly cutting the legs off of all the people that are making dust filters right in all america right. now you may say the progress Have is going to no happen shame, william sir i'm just gonna say listen I'm telling you, Randy, progress yeah. has to happen, yeah. right? The buggy whip industry went into oblivion after we invented cars. Yeah, cars no, we, did. Great. we did. But that like, had fuel. Anyway, I'm not going to no, go down dude, this road. Yeah, so I'm, here's I, the other I crazy. descend from at least three buggy whip <laughs> millionaires. Right. <clears throat> and yeah, it was hard times. It was hard times. We had, I had to work my way through college. Yeah. <laughs> but you did learn the, bubby, the buggy uh, whip trade, which is, you know, coming back for the Amish. <laughs> 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 That's a callback, friends. Yes. All right, William. Okay, so here's the other weird one. So back when there was a ton of hurricanes, somebody came up with an idea. They're going to fly 747s into the eye of the hurricane, and yeah. inside the belly of the 747 would be these little beads that would absorb the moisture in the in the actual forming of the hurricane and then slow the hurricane down to gale force winds. What? <laughs> By the way, cut, these, cut to East Coast City. Like, <laughs> what is that? Oh, 
Ow, ow, what is that? It's the beads, the beads, the beads <laughs> okay. that were blowing beads around at 70 you know miles an hour. Okay, do you know what? We're the- literally the sandblast, the eastern, the eastern coast. <laughs> sandblast. Cut so to all the crops like. These it beads. the beads. Do you know what these beads are? It's the material they put in diapers. <laughs> of course it is. Oh, these people are crazy. I mean, you know. This is nuts, dude. It's nuts. Well. This is, this is, by, by the way, I'm just, grateful. Out there, I'm just grateful that they're not in charge of anything. Wait, <laughs> wait a minute. Wait. Have you heard of Twitter? <laughs> oh, uh, dude. Earth Twitter. Week. Earth Week. I also think it's funny, Kate. Can we, can we call this out for a minute? I don't know who's in charge of assigning the days and weeks of our celebrations, our pieties, and our lamentations. But have you noticed that quote unquote day, week, and month? Just creep up without anyone telling you, like Earth Week. Now I remember it was Earth Day. Do you remember when it was Earth Day? I do. Wait, no, it's a week. I think it's a week now. And you know some of the other big ones, which we will not name, are now a month. It's it's this and that month. <laughs> Wait, no, it's a week. I, I just think, back I to think this... it's Earth Week. Yeah, Earth Week. Yeah, no, I think. Oh, and, you know, geez. it reminds me of a comedy show I watched once, which said. Live every week like in Shark Week. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Discovery Channel. Thank you, Discovery Sharknado. Channel. Sharknado. Ah, oh, brother. Earth All right. Week. So I have a theory. Okay, so William and I are opposed. That depresses me. Earth <laughs> Week. <laughs> well, well, you, you know, it's, it's a crazy it's thing. Of, it's a vague idolatry. Speaking of idolatry, William has some things to say about idolatry. But it's like <laughs> a vague idolatry, right? Yeah. Like people that care too much about their abs and people that care, like, idolatrize the earth. I don't think that's a word, but I like it. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> Idolatrizes. Yes. Hey, you just like, make those up. At some point, like, at some point there's enough, and then you cross over into, this is just straight idolatry. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not going to worship Mother Earth. I do. Uh, I was raised by a biology teacher who taught me to respect and reuse and recycle, and I believe in that. But I, I you know, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to then flip the table and be like, now I work for Earth. Can I say something <laughs> about recycling that's going to yeah. blow your mind? Yes. Okay, so. Oh. Dude, <laughs> dude. Okay, right, so, you know, the idea of recycling is the idea of like, okay, you're taking something that was made, you're reducing its actual uh, footprint in, in its future afterlife, sure. right? If you use it twice, then it was then it was half as costly to the earth. Right. And then the other part of that is, is that you're not, you you know, it's, it, you're trying to reuse the resource that you did it out of. Like plastic is made out of oil. Oil. Plastic is made out of oil, yeah. right? So... That's, uh, you know, a resource that's got a finite amount of it, uh, supposedly, and therefore yeah. we should, you know, let's not waste it. Okay, sure. I get all that. But here is one that I, di- I actually never thought of, and that was sand is not exactly a scarce resource. Like, there's a ton of sand out there. Sure, yeah. And we recycle glass. Uh-huh. That's sand. <laughs> And it costs more to recycle glass than buy sand. Oh, that's fun. So why are we doing hey, it? Hey, on a related but little slightly more positive twist, um, yeah. north, north of San Francisco, there's a beach that has a glass that's, that is oh, made yeah. a, it's a colored glass beach. Basically a bunch of broken yeah. glass 
has landed there, and over the years, the rough edges have worn away, and you have this beautiful multicolored glass Wait beach. a minute. I thought that that was, like, naturally occurring glass. I didn't know it was, like, actually waste Well, product. now I feel panicked, because I, I, I don't think it is. Oh, well. Um, but, let, I mean, I don't... Don't, what, don't feel what, panicked. What we have naturally Google. occurring glass? You know, you, you know what I mean? What naturally occurring glass? Um, I don't know. Just, I that, thought, that is, that's multicolored. Well, you know. Oh, I. I so here's what I thought. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's no, downstream, no. like nature making good on what we what we ruined. I heard it would uh, be it'll be like the giant globs of multicolored stuff that come out of the sky when we fill it up with particulate matter to shade us from the sun. <laughs> good point. It's gonna be like cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Is <laughs> <laughs> glass at on a beach natural? <laughs> no, like what's a glass beach? No, no, I thought it was the glass was like the sand was yeah. shot by electricity, you know, from a lightning bolt and it created superheated gas. You know, that's I, like it's a lot. I really thought that. So now that. you have the sweet home Alabama theory of what the speech is. No, I really thought that. Uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm on a, by the way, my, I have a son who is extremely confident in everything he says. And as Often an, wrong, never in doubt. Ne oh, never in doubt, right? Yeah, I don't so, know where he gets that way. I have. <laughs> <laughs> oh geez it's my whole family so but the problem is is he's 11 right so he comes up with these things and it's like did you know and blah 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 and so i used to say well that's not exactly true right so he actually to his uncle right yesterday okay. yeah the other day uh uh and he says hey you know um uncle clark i realized so my my brother goes hey are you you know you're in fifth grade yeah how do you like fifth grade it's good you excited for sixth grade? Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. You, you, what about seventh grade? No, no, I'm not excited about seventh grade. Why? Why, first? Why aren't you excited about seventh grade? Yeah. Well, Uncle, Far Uncle Clark, I have a, I discovered something, and that is that in grade school, they give you homework, but they don't check it. So you <laughs> literally can put anything on your homework, and they're just happy you did it. <laughs> but in seventh grade, they want to know, what did you do? <laughs> I don't think that's going to be much fun. <laughs> so he's got these. So, that, of, so now you're like scouring his homework. You're like, oh, goodness. What is yeah, this? Like I pictures. feel like narking him out to his teacher and say, maybe you should check this stuff. But we're, also, having, a, we're having a focus issue with our son in uh, elementary school. He's getting in trouble with his current teacher for not focusing. And she sends. <laughs> and I'm a defensive parent. My son's pretty bright. And so I'm a defensive parent. I'm like, yeah, screw that teacher. And then my wife brings home the work that he's not doing. It's bad. <laughs> it's like, write three sentences on why the, the brown horse went over to the farm. You know what I mean? And it's like one word. It's like, horse. <laughs> it's not good. And so we've been minimalism. Working, we've been working really hard on... Uh, so now we're doing homework together. Yeah, but and... he's number four and Fierce is number four. And I kind of get this idea like, you know, you go through all this stuff. You're, you're just like, lucky to be here, kid. Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> the other part is, is like, remember when you're, you're they go through parent-teacher conference and it's your first kid and they're like, she's ahead in this or he's ahead <laughs> yeah, in yeah. that. And you're like, yes, my kid's so advanced. And then you realize, wait a minute, this stuff doesn't matter. If you were to pre-record every single parent-teacher conference, the yeah. Davis family, it'd be like, they're doing fine. Uh, they don't. Their handwriting is really bad. Yep. <laughs> That's yep. literally the whole parent-teacher conference for the last 20 years of my life. <laughs> Mine's like, oh, they're at grade for this. And, well, you know, they need a little work here. And I'm like, oh, brother, get in He's a little chatty. Is, he, right. is he chatty? So uh, yeah, Your kids are going to work for him. Yeah, someday. my kids are chatty. Okay, so exactly. <laughs> Max is going to rule the world. Oh, so gosh. you can do whatever you want. 
Oh gosh. Hey, uh, so anyway, going back to what was our original subject <laughs> that got us onto this? My gosh, it was glass, and then knowing we had things, knowing things, whatever, Know, knowing it all. Oh, it was uh, environmentalism. Well, there's that. I think we're all done environmental with that. week. We don't have much to say about that except you know, for silver. I'm grateful for uh, Lake Powell whenever it exists. Oh, oh, and beautiful I'm things for uh, Capitol Reef. Oh yeah, what are your two beautiful things? Besides, okay, the, so besides the glass beach, the glass beach. naturally occurring multicolored glass. Yeah, I feel beach. like you're making fun of me. And <laughs> oh, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm making gonna, fun of you. Somebody's going to tell <laughs> us. I did the math is... in my head, and I'm like, no, there's not a multicolored glass volcano. Like, there's only one volcano, and it's black. Okay, <laughs> so there's a glass beach called in Northern California and Mendocino County called Fort Bragg. Glass beach is well known for Southern Beach. Blah blah blah. Um, oh, this sun this this site was once a trash dump. There you go. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Oh, so all man. you environmentalists to go there and take your TikTok photos, <laughs> just know that you're living in the shade of some great human consumption. Yeah. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> Jeez. I feel bad now. I really wish it were naturally occurring. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I don't want to pop my down. bubble. Let's get on to some fun stuff. Here's another fun thing. We're gonna talk oh, about. Oh, okay. The beautiful places. Okay, my I have two. That I just think are gorgeous. One is Yosemite National Park. Okay. Dude, it's number one. It's just very, very pretty. It's freaking unbelievable. And even though it's chock full of people, still pretty. Yeah. I mean, like, I like going to, na to these. We love natural par national parks. And we go to them and all over the country we've been. And, man, that one is just something special. Yeah. There's something just unbelievable. Yosemite's pretty. The other one was Glacier National Park up in Montana. Oh, yeah. You mentioned that in another pod. Oh, dude. So pretty. It's unbelievable. And they have this road that you can take. Yeah. That's carved into the mountain and it's super sketch. Mm. Like a good earthquake, you're all dead. But man, is it gorgeous. And they have beautiful hikes. And it's just every every turn of your neck is just like breathtaking. And we were up there during a fire that was happening down south of it. And uh so it was kind of foggy or smoky. Yeah. And uh and it kind of ruined some of the kind of the clarity but it was so beautiful even then did i did i tell our friends on the podcast about the time we went, that i went to telluride have we talked about telluride no okay this is kind of skiing? fun did this you go skiing of, it's kind of a fun story so it's related to what you're saying that telluride is one of the places where i've been where you know there's like pretty and then there's like beautiful and then there's like is this real and telluride was one of those places where like is this real it's yeah, so it's so pretty okay so so Telluride is in, uh, it's in the mountains of Colorado on the western side. And uh, I've got a friend who's, get, who's, in a, who's in a film festival there. So there's, there's a Telluride film festival, and then there's like an indie, indie film festival that would try and kind of hang out at the same time. So our fil uh, we have a Telluride indie film festival film entrant. And I was like, man, I don't want to drive eight hours to this, but I'm the film distributor of this movie that's going to air here, so we should go. Right. And, and so besides, like, it's in Telluride. I'm like, there's got to be some other way to get there. So, so I, I have one of my amazing team members. I'm like, go call around and see if there's like a what it would cost to get a private plane to go there. And I don't know if it was their idea or my idea, but she comes back and she's like, hey, there's um somebody that need that needs <laughs> that needs hours um to get their plane license that will fly with their with their plane teacher. Uh, to tell you ride for 400 bucks <laughs> really <laughs> from salt lake and so we get uh, we get like four people from my company and we we jump into this plane and they fly us out there um and we get there instead of taking eight hours it takes like two hours in this prop plane 
And the funny part about the prop plane is and flying with the with the instructor. <laughs> so it's a it's a this fun, thing's terrifying for some oh, reason. <laughs> so it's a twin engine plane, right? And so um so we're on the plane and like we're going along, but we have the headsets that they're talking in. So we have the headsets that they're talking in. And so, so at one point, one of the engines races a little bit and kind of kind of lurches the plane and goes And you hear one of them go, what was that? And the other guy goes, I don't know. <laughs> so that's what it means to fly in a private prop plane uh, piloted by a student. So, so then... Oh my gosh. Anyway, so then we fly into the uh, Telluride... Now, because the real Telluride Film Festival was going, and that was kind of a, the hotness at the time, um, you know, the the actually the the uh, the airport's full of all of these Lear private, jets. Private There's jets, a bunch yeah. of a bunch of private jets yeah, flying yeah. the runway, and the runway. Now, I don't know if this is actually correct, but this is how I perceived it from the sky. Is like I don't know if this is like once a volcano or something, but like there's like a rim of mountains that go around like three quarters of it, and then there's like an opening, and that's where the that's where the road goes out and comes Wait, in. Wait, is this one of those airports that's really difficult to to land in? Well, I, I don't know, but I know for sure that on the legs of one of the one of those rock rims is the airport runway, and so, <laughs> and some so you're other coming down, and some airplanes that used to and a bunch of that fancy, didn't make it and a bunch of fancy airplanes. And so we, uh, we, we touched down there and then we, uh, caught a cab in town and hung out for the day and then flew home later that day. All that to say, Telluride was so beautiful that I honestly thought that it was a movie set. But what I mean is like, it's this old Western town. So it's like a, imagine like downtown park city, right. but it's flat. Cause it's in the basin of whatever this I'm calling it a volcano. I have, I don't know if it was, but it's in a flat area surrounded by mountains on three or four sides. Right. Main so then but then you look down Main Street and it's like restored and fancy and then on one of the rims of the of the city there's like a waterfall cascading down Really? <laughs> like, yes, it is so pretty. Like it is so pretty. And for some reason the way the light works, you know, you know what parallaxing is, right? Yeah. Where there's like a depth of field like in the distance in the deep distance things don't move as fast as in the near distance. Right. Like there's this weird I don't know if it was missed from the waterfall or what, but like the light was golden and, and and it looked like literally like a slow motion movie. It looked like a slow motion movie. And like, I would literally walk out in the street and I just would stop and marvel at it. I'd just be like, what is that? We have to walk down there. So we walked down there and got a little closer to the waterfall and pretty. Tell you. So this is wintertime or summertime? Summertime. Yeah, well, I guess waterfall. I'm, yeah. Wintertime. Sense. I'm sure it's just, you know, a bunch of snow because it's pretty high up, but, uh, well, I've heard Telluride. I I uh I like to snowboard. You do too. Yeah. Uh, and I always ask people like that have gone to lots of places, uh, skiing or snowboarding, and pretty universally, people say Telluride's like off the charts, awesome. Is it? Oh wow, yeah. I didn't know that. I actually didn't know that they had a resort there, but that explains why it's fancy, right? Right. Because there's money going through. Colorado there. is interesting. They did some serious, you know. Uh, they did. They do not get as much snow as Utah. But whatever marketing guy that they got to figure out how to do skiing in, in uh, Colorado, they they did a freaking amazing job. No, dude, Utah skiing is outrageously great. I, and I went to skiing in Colorado when I lived there. I lived there for five or so years, and I went, and it was great. But, but the resorts are not close is the problem. They're not close, man. It's like two and a half hours to get Easily. to a resort. Yeah, to and, any uh, good of the resorts, which is weird. That's why I say they did a great job of marketing because 
People think, it's oh, I'm going to ski in the West. Let's go to Colorado. But the truth is Utah skiing is better, more snow, and 30 minutes from the airport. Yeah, but there's something about the proximity that's actually counter, counterintuitively. It's like a detriment. Nice. It's like a detriment because it, like, you feel like you're going skiing when you go for two hours in a yeah, car through point. windy roads. Yeah, yeah. And I like literally, in San, like you're in Sandy, Utah, and you're at the 7-Eleven, and then 15 minutes later, you're on Snowbird. You know what I mean? Like the only place I've done skiing in Colorado was Breckenridge, which is right next to a basin. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Beautiful place. Yeah. Really nice. Resort. And I worked there every, every summer and I, man, I had some, I, I, I should have used that one as one of the most beautiful places. Cause the truth is like back country stuff. I've done a 14,000, uh, peak in, in, I can't remember which one it is. Uh, oh, yeah. that I hiked, you know, got up at three in the morning, hiked to the top. Oh, freaking so unbelievable. Pretty. And then there's a, there's this one mountain called Sawtooth, which is, uh, we used to take horse rides up there once a week at the ranch I worked at. And it was just this unbelievably Zen kind of feel to the, to the whole thing. It's very pretty. Like in Colorado, it's still close enough to like, even though it's like a thriving and somewhat wealthy, um, city in Denver, um, it's still close enough to nature on both sides, not just on the mountainside, which is unbelievably pretty, like you said, but then the rolling grass plains on the other side, it's just nature is close <laughs> enough that it's still, there's still kind of this built in reverence for it. Oh, I, I get that. And I, man, it's Boulder is a beautiful city too. Oh, yeah. just so pretty. Anyway, those are really gorgeous places. All right. Earth really week. gorgeous places. Earthquake, and that, and gorgeous places. And that's, that's a, a wrap. wrap. Hey, don't litter. The more you How know, about we do that? Do, 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 do. Don't litter unless you were going to let it sit there for 50 years and turn into a TikTok site. <laughs> yeah. I'm, by the way, while you were going, talking about all that, I looked up sea glass and sea glass. I feel like my bubbles has been popped. <laughs> I don't want to ruin your day. It was terrible. I was just thinking, there's the, they call it naturally produced sea glass, right? Which is just broken bottles that for two or 300 years have been like, uh, yeah. you know, worn down by the, the by the worn dust down. that someone put into the atmosphere and fell into the ocean. All right, so uh, I have a political commentary to make. So I was going to say, William and I are post-partisan. Post-partisan. Now, uh, you can tell from listening to us that we favor traditionally uh, conservative positions most of the time, but not all the time. Well, traditionally conservative, which would be uh, if you're classically liberal. (laughs) Which is, you know, free speech. Free speech. And uh, anyway... There's a thing happening, which I think, regardless of whether, whether or not you believe, uh, it's happening. It's just happening, which is there is the, the pendulum is swinging back on what certain people are willing to accept um, for what society's up to. And the, lur- and the lurch back is glorious. But what's bizarre, here's the bizarre thing I want to say. The far left ha- has kind of, kind of gathered a ton of power within the traditional left. and it's causing people that are just that are kind of soft left to abandon the left that's happening. And what I'm saying, and it's making these unlikely Republicans. Now I'm not saying that Elon Musk is a Republican. He's not a Republican, but that's kind of my point. My point is Elon Musk is adopting all these positions that the Republicans have adopted lately because he just thinks that the other side is going bananas. And uh, it's kind of great, but it's also weird because if we have all these unlikely, I'm calling them unlikely Republicans. I don't know if they're Republican or not, but like, so yesterday, so yesterday. They used to call them Blue Bloods, Blue Blood Republicans back in the Reagan years. It's the second episode of Blue Bloods. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, so yesterday, uh, you hear about Netflix yesterday or two days ago? Yes. So Netflix is taking a beating. It Be- almost made me want to cancel them. Only because I wanted to be one of the people that canceled. <laughs> so burn it down. <laughs> yeah, my table turning. So I've had a speech for a while. I'm going to give you my speech really short because no one wants to hear another speech from Randy. But my speech for a while has been that everyone's like, Netflix, man, that stock is juggernaut. Ooh, those guys are never going to get small. They're unbeatable. They have a da-da-da-da-da. And I, my speech was, I, as someone who watches entertainment carefully, I think that they are a paper tiger. And the, my evidence is this. They do have a huge install base and they do spend a ton of money on content. But how many shows do they produce that you have to watch? I'm like, name them. And people are like, well, and there's like four or five. Yeah, Stranger Things. Stranger people, Things. That's a big one. It's amazing. For a while, there was the president one with Kevin Spacey, but that's, that kind of fell away. Well, that got canceled in the Me Too movement. Yeah, it did. But I mean, like, but literally, like, let's do it right now. William. Shows on Netflix that you that you that you just love and you can't live without. There aren't any Stranger Things. Literally, no, Stranger I didn't Things. Even, I didn't even watch the last two episodes, the last two seasons of that. Oh, it's pretty good. It's great. I love that I, show. I I liked the first season was great. Second season, whatever. What are they on now for? I can't remember. Good show. It is my a good show. Point, my just, point I, is this. By the way, by and, the way, and I let me, can I point out something in Stranger I have a Things? About it, but yes, go ahead. Here's the thing about Stranger Things that I think is the systemic problem with Netflix. Okay. And that is in the second season, they created a little bit of love interest before between the girl and the guy. Yeah. They're too young. Okay. They're too young. Anyone that's been that young knows you don't have an interest in girls or boys at that time. You just don't. You're not interested in the fact that there was a kissing scene and this weird kind of uh, tension, sexual tension amongst pre-teenage kids was the problem but with Netflix. They weren't pre-teenage. They were teenage. You're just, acc- you're just acclimated to the fact that teenagers are always portrayed by 28-year-olds. And, and no, Netflix. they were pre-teens. They They're were like not 12 pre-teens. and 13. That's were, okay. okay, fine. Early teens. 12 <laughs> is pre-teen, 13. When, when, when did you first kiss a girl? <laughs> I don't know. Around that time, probably. I was, that was 13. <laughs> no, I was, I was younger 13 than that. 13 was my but first girlfriend. It was only because I, my second girlfriend. Only because I would they there played was a kissing tag. Of Randy, what we'll call the awkward face. Yes. <laughs> There's this thing called kissing tag when I was a kid. And no, like, I mean kiss kiss. I don't mean kissing tag. Oh well that's all right. So now we're getting know. back to the point. Now I didn't remember. Speech about Netflix. Probably twelve. Okay, Netflix had a had a conundrum. And I actually know how you get there, and I respect the creativity that they that they took to get there. But here's how you get there. Netflix is like, all right, now we're gonna deliver cheap uh, streaming television over the air? Yeah, great. And we're going to license it from everybody that makes television. So we're going to license it from Disney and from ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox. We're going to license it from those guys. But then if you look down the road at all, you have to say like, at some point, those guys are going to get grabby. They're going to create their own streaming networks and they're going to cut us off. Disney Plus. And then we're going to have no content. So we need to get in the content making business or we're going to be in trouble. So smartly, they're like, let's get in the content making business. Now they're like, okay, no one wants to go to the streamers. Everyone wants to go theatrical or to one of the big networks. So how do we attract the best talent to come to, uh, to Netflix to to make stuff for us? The answer is, oh, we're going to make, uh, we'll, we'll throw bags of money at them. That's thing one. And they have bags of money because they're, they're, they, they operate under Silicon Valley 
financial models, which is we just sell more stock and give give that money to the filmmakers. So give everybody bags of money is one. And then the second thing, and this is where they made the mistake, and it continues to be the mistake, was, and you know what else? We'll let them make their dream project without any editorial oversight oh. at all. This this has been going on now for ten years, and when they did it, I'm like, boy, I don't I don't know if that's a good idea. And like, why why is Randy an armchair studio exec? It's smart about this because it's freaking hard to make content. If it was easy to make content, then all the networks would have all the audiences. But the networks themselves with giant legions of people that are trying to make shows that people like can barely ever make a show that breaks through. And they're like, yeah, that's the point. If you just give the artists the joy and the love, they'll figure it out. I'm like, well, we're 10 years on. Have they figured it out? Nope. Nope. Because every single show that I watch, it's clearly, if you were to ask the question, is this some director's dream direction job with zero oversight the answer is almost always obviously yes because they address issues that are kind of niche and they address them that are kind of sad and and it's 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 rarely funny it's never family friendly right never never family, never family. like even stranger things which we're talking about as a delightful show that is chock full of swear words like yep. that like the whole show you yep. know what i mean all and all is, the pushing and, agenda and though and it is um then it's more sexual than it should be for the audience right i thought so Okay, so all that to say, now we're 10 years down the road. By the way, there's an example. Netflix spent, what number do you think they spent on content last year? Oh, wasn't it like $20 billion or something? It was, it was something... $13 billion with a B yeah. dollars yeah. is what they spent on content development last year. Now, just, just for those of you keeping score, if you wanted to make a, uh, like a Star Wars level effects movie, like that's $200 million. So... 200 million times five gets you to a billion times 13. So there should have been 65, 65 blockbusters, blockbusters released last year on that, on the platform. Right. But they have, no, they, they have done one thing strategically right. I'll, I'll give them credit for this, which is they didn't just develop content in English for English speaking nations. They developed regional content so there's there's a bunch of series that have been developed in Turkey and in Russia and in Spain and in Brazil and in South America. So they do actually have a, a stranglehold, frankly, on on foreign entertainment development. And because those people are more nascent filmmakers, what does they, nascent mean? Uh, the more recently, like emerging, there's emerging successful oh, filmmakers merging because they're just babies. Nascent is having been born recently, because those are nascent film markets. They actually have a far more commercial sensibility. Like they care a lot more about being crowd pleasers right. than they do about um, doing their dream project. So, like a lot of the like, so you can watch all these really sweet South Korean rom coms, or you can watch these really sweet uh, Spanish um, uh, novellas. Wait, is that is that um, Korean uh, show? Uh, yeah, that's a Netflix thing, right? They had a Korean show that that's a big deal. Like my, even my son watched it, and he's eleven. No, dude, they, they, there's people that you know and I know who watch Korean novellas. Now, why do they watch Korean novellas and not American novellas, William? Because the model is janked. Because in America, all we get are these super heavy, super dark, super edgy, like like think pieces from people that are immersed in Hollywood weird culture. Anyway, I've gone for a minute. Let me sum, let me sum it up. Netflix is in trouble. I don't, I, and I've said they're a paper tiger for a long time, and I've been proved wrong every quarter forever. And it's, no, this, I completely 100% agree and, with you. And then this quarter they announced they lost 200,000 subscribers, the first time they've ever lost subscribers. And then, but that's not the that's not the one that's freaky. 
Then they said for guidance, they think that next quarter they're going to lose 2 million subscribers. 2 million. Well, it's interesting their reaction to it too. They're like, well, we're going to increase the cost of the, of the streaming. We're going to go, go out make, again, make, make people not pirate. Yeah. Well, they're reduce the family sizes. What they're saying, by the way, they already have that. Okay. Cause I think we can only use like seven devices on our, our password. Okay. Which by the way, a device is your phone, which I watch TV on my phone. And so if my kids are watching, there's, you know, six people in my family. If one person's watching on TV and then, yeah, no, it can actually, you know, it, it can, can add up. It can add up. Go ahead. Uh, and then the other uh, thing they, they were decided that they were going to do was, um, oh, shoot, I forgot the other one. But those are the two that attacked on. I'm thinking to myself, well, your content is the problem. Your content yes, is the problem. Their content, but they don't think so. They're like, look, we've won right. Academy Awards. We've won yep. Emmys. Yep. And they love the smell of their own fart. Okay, so you sent me a podcast to, to listen to. Did you listen to that podcast? Yes. Because it, the the uh, the title of it was Miss... They didn't even talk about wait, that. Wait, wait, before but you, but I, wonder, I just want to point out one thing about it, okay. right? And that was the guy that was doing it didn't understand the group he was talking about. And he literally said, I don't understand the group I'm talking about. Yeah. So the problem is, is that Hollywood used to do all these huge focus groups for every freaking movie. Well, that's the thing. It's like, you take away all the editorial bureaucracy, which I, like, I get it. Hollywood studio exists are notoriously crass for being pleasers and not artistic i know i know the, i know the stereotypes but they don't serve zero value because they make shows that are kind of watchable for large groups of people and make money and make money well i mean like can you imagine can you imagine how much how successful netflix would be if every single thing they greenlit what had had just a layer even a thin layer of executive like i think lots of people will watch this but the controls. problem is the executives like, are no, they love are, it. They love the but the executives parts. and a lot of these places, right, are still immersed in this cultural war that we're having that is completely devoid of any principles and any idea of anything anymore. It's literally a example of of tyranny of the majority. Oh, you think that we're not going to do it, but they don't do a focus group to find out if the movie's going to work anymore. That's what I'm saying. So okay, so this is the. This is this is so unlikely Republicans. Um, yesterday, Elon Musk tweeted, "The woke mind virus is the biggest threat to civilization." Um, oh no, sorry, no, he didn't say that. The woke mind virus is making Netflix unwatchable. That's what ne that's what Elon yes. Musk tweeted yesterday. And then with a follow up, he said, "Can they please just make sci-fi fantasy at least mostly about sci-fi and fantasy?" And this goes to my point, which is. They make these shows. They're like, yeah, we're going to set it on the moon. It'll be in outer space. Da, 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 da. And then they make the whole thing about like edgy interpersonal relationships with yep. woke with woke undercurrents. Yep. With tons of woke just, undercurrents. Just don't do that. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. But that's what we talked about what, a couple of episodes ago where it's like, listen, they're they're literally attacking the consumer, the actual payer of the of the Yeah, thing. but so they don't like, think so. They think that they're just doing the Lord's right. work. And by the way, they're looking, uh, they're, one of the things that they pointed to why we lost our, our a bunch of people was because they're like, well, we pulled out of Russia. Uh, and that's non-trivial. That's non-trivial. That's going to. Okay. They, but they that, have a lot of subscriptions in Russia. That's fine. But what they did was they're saying we're pulling out of Russia and they're going to point to that and say, we don't have a systemic mind problem because they do. They don't understand the consumer. Y you started this by saying that the pushback is happening. Well, is it the economic pushback? CNN Plus canceled 28 yeah. days after it launched. Yeah. 
because it wasn't a viable system where you, hey, I'm going to buy CNN. Why? Because CNN, no one watches CNN. Yeah. There wasn't enough customer base to actually release a product that people wanted to buy. Yeah. It didn't make any sense. So Look, I, I think the, the pushback is coming, and we have these really unlikely allies and people like Elon Musk. But it's I don't the pushback think it, is not— I don't think that guy's a Republican. Yeah, it's not an ideological— Although he is living in Texas now, and that can seep into your mind. Right. It's not an <laughs> ideological pushback. That's why I say Trump is not an ideological conservative. Trump is not— he was just a reflexive guy that looked at it and said, well, I built buildings. Work. This works. Yeah, well, I used to build, I, he does still, but I build buildings as a living and I know that the government is my biggest problem, right? I go in and I can't do anything. And then, you know, in different states and different countries, they have to actually use bribes to get stuff done. I don't know if that's true, but, okay. but the point is, is that it's not an ideological pushback, which is a little sad. It is a natural pushback which is exciting because it's the exciting. natural pushback is Netflix. You're going to die if you're crap, if you produce crap and you produce crap. So no, no, no. It's so well produced though. It's as a, no, as a guy what, who makes stuff. Okay. It's like, the, no, the, that's the, not, it, sorry. No, no, no. I want to, I want to finish this thought. Cause I think it's funny. Like it looks right. It sounds yes, right. True. The, even the topics are even okay. Yep. But then at the end of the day, the morals and the characters the characters are unlovable and the morals are disastrous. Correct. And that's sad. And sad over time equals you're going to start losing customers. And for a long time, I thought maybe I was just wrong. Maybe I was just, I was just going to be on the wrong side of this. But it doesn't look like I am. Nope. <laughs> it's just looking like it took, took a minute. Right. Well, and then that's the economic natural pushback of the idea that people do have, uh, they do have, they're going to vote with their dollars. And that voting with their dollars says that there's probably, yeah. probably, what they used to call the silent majority is still there. Well, and what's weird is just two weeks earlier, I was like, guys, I don't think any of us watch anything on Netflix. Changed my mind. And, and my family couldn't produce any shows that they watched on Netflix. And I'm like, uh, the, here's where it got funny. I'm like, I want to cancel Netflix even briefly and go spend that money on a different streaming service. Go find me a different streaming service. <laughs> and we looked There's around nothing. and it was There's all nothing. worse. It was all worse. Yeah. It was like, Paramount Plus, not really. I mean, that was actually probably the closest. I'm like, HBO Max? I thought HBO Max would for sure be it. Nope. They're just chock full of gross stuff. Like, I don't I don't want that. So th I, that's I just, been their business model forever. Them and Showtime, they push the level I because we're well, on anyway, cable. No, and that Netflix is trying to compete. Anyway, so that so There really isn't, by the way, I haven't picked up Paramount Plus. I think Press. there is going to be a huge, huge, huge ballot box blowback this, this November um, against those in power. But I'm not saying that to your point. I don't think it's ideological. No, it's, it's not. transactional. It's no. gas yeah. costs too much, and inflation is too big. Yep. And Netflix makes crap. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and Twitter, you can't say what you want to say. Um, and uh, you know, I would like it if uh, you know. I'd love to get a little more positive ideologies out there. I, and by the way, I, th you know, I gotta stay. I listened to the last podcast, and I realized I say by the way a lot. By the way. By the way. I, I say continue. To you Continue. all the time. Like, as, if, as if I'm some Keep sort of tra going. traffic cop. Go on. Go on. You were saying. <laughs> goat him into. <laughs> There's this guy at work that loves to goat me into. Goad. G-O-A-D. Oh, it's not T? No. Man, I'm learning all kinds of stuff today. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, just, I mean, I could have let it go. The glasses. No, I'd rather be corrected. I believe in truth. <laughs> I tell my wife this all the time. A goat is like being poked with a stick to do something. No, I get it. <laughs> I, I see where I was wrong. A goat is, you know, an animal of which yeah, goats don't is like to often do slaughtered. <laughs> I watched a movie the other day where this one, 
it was a one-horned goat hit the hero and then the hero looked at it and then the goat helped him off a mountain. I was like, what is this show? Okay, but you were saying you have a colleague that goads you into doing something? He goads me into going off. Like, uh, yeah. And it's really, he, <laughs> he used to be able to do it really easily. Now I just ignore him because he, I realized like this not, there's no conversation here. It's just, it's just getting William spun up. Yeah, spun, it's not hard to spin me up. It's just not. I have an idea. Spin me up. We're more. going to take chemicals and project them into the upper atmosphere to shield us <laughs> from the sun. <laughs> <laughs> that literally happened, if you know history, in the 30s. It's called the Dust Bowl in Kansas, where a, a volcano went off, sent a tremendous amount of dust into the air, created shade over Kansas, which does a problem. It's called photosynthesis. <laughs> you can't grow plants in the shade. Idiots. Is that is that what kicked off the Dust Bowl? I thought it was because we. I think you conflated two stories because there's there was a thing, but that was like in the 1800s where 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 there were massive crop failures from a from a volcano and the whatever. But I think the Dust Bowl was from over farming. Um, you know how you have to s- rotate your crops to to not make the 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 land over farmed. I think they didn't know that and they over farmed everything and it became unusable. I believe that was part of it. But I'd be cool. There was a drought. A failure applied dry land of farming methods and an aerial process, which is wind erosion, caused the phenomenon. Oh. But the oh. thing that you said did happen, and that happened in the in the 1800s, where there was like massive crop failures in the in the western hemisphere because of a giant volcano in the eastern hemisphere. By the way, the dust the way they 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 say that this is the cause of it makes it sound like that it can be prevented again. And I don't know. No, crop rotate well, look. God, I know crop rotation. God can do what he does. Yeah, that's kind of. But, but there was a bunch it. of natural reasons why I think we caused that. Friends, uh, are we done? We started kind of cheerful. We are kind of done. I'm but, t- I'm sad about this because I really wanted to talk about one thing, and when I sh- said it off the air to you, you like bored. Oh no no we we st- we still have the three minutes. I'm going to cut out from what you said earlier. <laughs> so go so go so go ahead. So this week in my class, we've been teaching the Ten Commandments. Okay. And I have always, I had an experience. I was in a lawsuit in downtown LA and I had to go to the courthouse all the time. And they would give us these breaks for the, you know, court staff. And you'd have to go outside and like hang around, but you couldn't go very far because if you did, they could start up at any time. So I would just hang out outside in these, uh, like places you could sit outside the court. And I realized there's these like carvings in the top of the courthouse. And I'm like, what is that? One of them is the 10 commandments. Yeah. And the only thing I thought about was, eh, that's interesting, you know, because, you know, woke society today says separation of church and state, which does not exist in the constitution and is completely misunderstood. The real church and state was, Hey, we left England, which there was a church called the church of England which the sure, king but, was in charge of. And if you didn't belong to it, you were basically out of Yeah, but a lo- look, a lot of courthouses that a lot of uh, across America have the uh, Ten Commandments Yeah, so I'm thinking, wall. oh, separation, ten, you know, oh, they misunderstood this, and this is still there because you know, it was built in the 20s. And I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then today, this week, I learned something about the Ten Commandments. It is not just thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, stuff like that. There's this unbelievable foundation that started the Enlightenment, that started the ability to have things like the Magna Carta. Yeah. For instance, 
that started the idea of ethical monotheism, right? Ethical being moral, monotheism being one God, meaning that that's the source of these kinds of ideas. And the idea of thou shalt not kill, by the way, the the translation should say murder, right? Is is the idea of you can't take away life from another person. Does that sound familiar to you? Declaration of Independence? Life? Liberty? Liberty, right? And the pursuit of happiness. And Locke, who was the foundational philosopher there, said life, liberty, and property. Well, thou shalt not steal, right? That stealing idea comes from this idea that God wants you to have property and have liberty. So what's your what's your discovery? What's your big... My discovery your- was that this was the foundational document, not because it had a way, rules for life, which yeah. is the way I think that the, most people did, but, but it actually encapsulated philosophies. For instance, so it's not the, just, it wasn't just random. It wasn't like, no. it was like, be sure you tighten your shoes. It was, it was, it was rooted in like eternal truths. Right. And one of the most, the foundational internal truth was this Exodus 20 verse two, I am the Lord, thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And I, and so I was one of the people that I was reading about this. And he says, what does that mean? Like, why did he introduce himself that way? Why wouldn't he send something more impressive? Like I am the Lord, thy God that created the earth. That's kind of impressive. I created everything. Yeah. Right. But he says out of bondage, was it just for the story of Israel? And it, because it's only been three months and they came out of Egypt and all that stuff. And the answer to this is no. He took them out of bondage. So it says, I'm the Lord thy God. This is establishes ethical monotheism. I am the source of ethics, morality. I want you to treat people well because that's what morality is. Number two, I take you out of slavery, right, into freedom, which is I do not agree with slavery. I do not agree. People should be free and have liberty. And then the third thing is, is that I actually care about the creations that I made. And this was an absolute s- switch because all the gods at the time back then don't, didn't care about anything unless you gave them something. So I thought, oh, this is the found. And, and anyway, this, these become the foundations of the Magna Carta, the, the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, all the things that we enjoy today. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm amazed. The older I get, I am amazed. And I want to I plus one you on this. At how important a, the root of an idea is. Yeah. And if idea is born of a long-term virtue, it can have generational effects. And if an idea is born of a long-term vice, it can have generational damage. Yes. And um, it, you know, like simple things like "thou shalt not covet," right? Right. That sounds like, what? Well, like why not? Well, it's fun to covet. Right. But, but when you see uh, more than half of of our societal ills right now are born of groups of people coveting other people's stuff. Yes. Not just physical stuff. I mean, other people's rights and privilege. You say it all the time. You're supposed to apologize for your privilege. Why? Because other people covet it. Right. It's just really, really weird. But good ideas over time uh, lead to generational blessings. Well, and I love that because the foundational part of that was building up a society that can be sustainable. And that society was built on a family. And all of those things are are all right there in the Ten Commandments. They are the origins of Western thought. And the good idea, William, isn't a family. The good idea is a loving and supportive, God-fearing family. True. (laughs) That's the good idea. True. Because people that have garbage families don't hear that and they're like, oh. oh." (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this has been a... 
this has been our rah rah episode of the Waystation podcast. Your source for life hacks, uh, social commentary, and amazing stories. I'm Randy. I'm William. Happy Earth Day. Or <laughs> week. Happy Earth Month. <laughs> Happy Earth Year. Do you like the Waystation podcast? I love it. I love it too. That's why I like to share it with my friends. You know, you told me you, I should write it down and give it to someone. Yeah, did you? I did. Cool. So well, write it down, give it to another guy. <laughs> Tell a friend.